Hi, I'm Raphael Honigstein, and you're listening to the Bavarian Podcast Works. Hello and welcome to the official start to season three of Bavarian Podcast Works. It's our second full season. We are very happy to be back. It is I, Jake Fenner, as normal. We will be joined by Tommy Adams in a little bit to go over Bayern's upcoming game against Schalke, but we have a couple of games to get to beforehand because this weekend was the opener for the DFB Pokal across Germany. Teams from the Regionalligas, the fourth divisions in Germany, played top teams across the country, and we have some results for you. So we're going to start off with the Bundesliga teams who absolutely dominated their competition. And I've ordered all of the... Not as close games that aren't going to be uh, delved into further um, in order from most dominant to least dominant. So we start with an 8 nothing win for Borussia Mönchengladbach over Oberneuland. 8-0 was the largest scoreline of the day. It was the most dominant scoreline of the day. And Die Foden are on to the next round. Bayer Leverkusen, their rivals, beat Eintracht Nordestedt 7-0. A 7-0 scoreline was also there for Augsburg, who defeated Eintracht Celle over the weekend. Etze Köln, the Billy Goats, they were able to get a good start for their season as well. They defeated uh, VSG Altglinica 6-0, followed by a 5-1 win for Mainz over Havelse. Borussia Dortmund earlier today, Monday, the day we are recording this, defeated MSV Duisburg uh, 5-0. A 4-1 win for Wolfsburg over Union Fürstewalde helped them get to the next round. RB Leipzig defeated Nuremberg 3-0. Eintracht Frankfurt ended all of our hopes for a potential Munich derby after they defeated 1860 by a score of 2-1. Werder Bremen came through for a 2-0 win over Karl Zeiss Jena. Uh, Freiburg defeated Waldhof Mannheim 2-1. Union Berlin defeated Karlsruhe 1-0, and Hansa Rostock fell to VfB Stuttgart 1-0. There are a couple of fixtures that I'd like to dive into in particular. Three games that were incredibly close throughout the entirety of it. Uh, the one with the least impressive scoreline was when Rotweiss Essen defeated Armenia Bielefeld, the Bundesliga newcomers, by a score of 1-0. They are one of two teams that are officially out of the DFB Pokal. Another team came incredibly close to getting eliminated when Hoffenheim went to penalty kicks against Chemnitz, they were able to win 3-2. to two. Hoffenheim was, they were able to stay in the competition, but it definitely required more effort than they thought. But the game of this entire competition was a 
four thriller between Eintracht Braunschweig and Hertha Berlin. It started off in the first minute with a goal from Martin Kobylanski. A 17th minute own goal from Maximilian Mittelstadt did not help for Hertha Berlin as 17 minutes in, Braunschweig are already up to nothing. Dodi Lukabakio and Mateus Cunha responded within five minutes of each other very quickly to make things 2-2, but Kob Kobylanski once again before the half contributes 3-2 for Braunschweig heading into the half. Peter Pekarik comes through in the 65th minute to tie that game up again. Kobylanski completes the hat trick in the 66th minute to make it 4-3 and just a few minutes later in the 72nd former Union Berlin player Suleiman Abdullahi makes it 5-3. A Dodi Lukabakio goal in the 83rd minute brought Hertha Berlin within one, but they could not push themselves over the line. Berlin, this was one of the first games of the DFB Pokal. They were the first Bundesliga team to get eliminated from the cup competition that will be played at the home stadium of Hertha Berlin, which is incredibly ironic. Other notable games from... Throughout this opening round of the DFB Pokal, Greuther Firth defeated Meinershagen 6-1, Holstein Kiel with a 7-1 win over Realazingen Arlen. Sorry for the pronunciations. There was one other game that went into extra time and one other game that went into penalties. The extra time game was a 3-2 win for Darmstadt over FC Magdeburg. The penalty game was a 4-3 win for SSV Jan Regensburg over Kaiserslautern. Kaiserslautern are already out of the cup competition. It was an interesting game. Uh, Regensburg won 4-3 on penalties, but they also were down to 10 men for most of extra time. Regensburg had a player sent off in the 92nd minute, and they were able to hold off Kaiserslautern. Kaiserslautern, a team that's already been on a massive decline since they were last in the Bundesliga, just continue to fall this season. There were two other uh, notable events that happened, whereas in last year we remember the magical run of FC Saarbrücken. Another magical run was happening in that same competition last year from SSV Ulm. They made it all the way to the knockouts. This time they come through yet again, knocking out Erzgebirge Aua 2-0. And one of the more shocking results of the day, another 4th Division side, Elfersberg, knocking off FC St. Pauli 4 to two. So outside of those, the other the outside of the more popular clubs outside of the fourth division sides, the one that I just like to keep an eye on are the East German teams, the former DDR Oberliga teams. There are only two remaining in this competition. One of them is Union Berlin. The other is Dynamo Dresden, who earlier today Pulled off a fast one, the third division side knocking off Hamburg by a score of 4-1. to one. Now, there are two games for Bundesliga teams that have not been played. Bayern Munich's game against Duren getting 
pushed off until October 15th, but one more game that was not played that needs to be brought to our attention, which our readers and our listeners might be interested in. It was the FC Schalke game against the amateur side that was chosen by the Bavarian Football Federation to appear in the DFB Pokal. It was scheduled to kick off this Sunday. It was supposed to be Schweinfurt against Schalke. However, there's been a court battle going on. So this court battle is a little bit complicated and allow me to do the best I can to slowly and carefully explain what happened, what led up to this event, and how it might be rectified. When the COVID-19 pandemic broke out, all of the Regionalligas throughout all of Germany decided to either cancel or postpone their seasons uh, due to the pandemic. A majority of them, uh, so, and by a majority, I mean every other Regionalliga other than Bayern, other than the Regionalliga Bayern, decided to cancel the rest of their seasons and automatically give give whoever was top of the table at the time the uh, the right to get promoted and the right to uh, go further in the uh, in the cup competition so for example for the regional Liga Sudvest uh, Saarbrücken were declared champions and they were promoted. Um, for the Regionalliga Nord-Ost, Lokomotiv Leipzig were declared champions and they qualified for promotion playoffs. The Regionalliga West, Rodinghausen were declared champions. They did not apply for a Dreite Liga license. So, Etzeval were qualified for the promotion playoffs. For the Regionalliga Nord, they terminated their season in late June. VfB Lübeck were declared champions and they were promoted to the three Liga. So, for Regionalliga Bayern, instead of canceling their season, they decided to extend their league season beyond September, which meant that they canceled the 2020-2021 season. So the 2019-20 season is not yet over for the Regionalliga Bayern teams. Turkgücü München at the time of the pause of the regional ligas were top of the bayern the regional liga bayern table so they had already registered for promotion with the dritte liga and the dritte liga accepted so they were basically champions on points and in any normal season turkish München would be represented in this competition but the Bavarian Football Association is arguing that because they left the league before the season was officially over, that they were not the champions of the Regionalliga Bayern. Even though they had the most points at the time of the coronavirus pause, and even though they got promoted from the Regionalliga Bayern to the Dreite Liga, they were not declared the champions because, if you recall, uh, unlike the other four 
Regionalligas, the Bayern one did not declare a champion yet. They are going to finish their season from 2019. They will finish that in 2021. So it's like a two-year season. It's a little bit weird. So, Tekuchu already were promoted. And so, because they were already promoted, the current team at the top of the Regionalliga Bayern was the second-place team, Ersta FC Schweinfurt. So as a result, Schweinfurt were declared the winner because München had already been promoted and this regional season had not been finished. So Schweinfurt were the top of the table remaining when the season will pick back up on the 26th of September. So the Bavarian FA declared that Schweinfurt were going to be their representatives in this year's DFB Pokal. Terkuchu challenged that, saying that basically in any normal circumstances it would be them, but the Bavarian FA decided to continue the season for an extra year for some reason, and that they deserved to be the representatives. The court sided with Terkuchu after an appeal, so it's really up to the... Bavarian FA and the DFB to make a decision on this. And then once that decision has been reached, Schalke will play their game. We're not exactly sure when that date is. We don't know if it'll be around the time that Bayern plays their game against Durin on October 15th, as I previously mentioned. But this is a long and drawn out process that will probably take a while for people to uh, to figure out. So that will be something we will monitor. That will be something we will watch. And when that happens, we will let you know and we will tell you about it. But in the meantime, we have a game this weekend. We have our first Bundesliga game on Friday, the very first Bundesliga game of the season, Bayern Munich versus Schalke. We're going to have Tom Adams come on and we're going to talk about the Schalke team. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, and now I am here with Tom Adams. We will be previewing Bayern Munich's game this Friday against FC Schalke. Tom, are you ready to get this thing started? I am ready. You know, it feels like we should maybe still be celebrating a certain treble, but, you know, all things considered, coronavirus, the truncated schedules, the new season's got to start at some point, so why not make it now, right? Yeah, and at the same time, Normally, and under normal circumstances, it would have been months since we last talked to each other. Or maybe not, because I guess under normal circumstances, this year would have been the 2020 Euro, and we probably would have covered that. But I guess in non-major uh, competition circumstances, we wouldn't really have talked over the summer. And yet here we are, only a couple weeks away from Bayern's treble win and their Champions League win over PSG just a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure if anybody out here has heard about that or if you guys have stopped partying, but you absolutely shouldn't stop partying because, dear Lord, we freaking did the thing. But we have a new competition to be talking about. We have a new season to be talking about the 2020-2021 season. It kicks off this Friday against Schalke. 
if you haven't checked up on Shalka, uh, let me let me let you in on a little secret. Everything is on fire. And I don't mean that in a good way. I mean the entire club is on fire. The team went ahead and they sold off some of their best players. Or they lost some of their best players. So allow me to run through the most notable losses that they had in the transfer window. And keep in mind, the transfer window is not done yet. There are certain uh, transfer rumors out there for people along the lines of Amin Harit and Benito Roman that might actually result in something. Uh, And the reasoning behind all of this is that towards the end of last season, the Schalke board came to a realization. They said, our window for competing is over. We basically should realize what we actually are. And they've done that. Schalke over the last couple of years has been, if anything, a great curator for German talent and a great incubator, but not one to actually keep everybody in-house. They all eventually leave. See Leon Goretzka, who could arguably have been one of their best exports, or Julian Draxler, who saw success with PSG and Wolfsburg. See Leroy Sané, who's now with us. So... It's not that Schalke is necessarily a bad team, but I think they came to a realization that currently they are not in a place, both financially and talent-wise, to be challenging for a Bundesliga, to be challenging for a DFB Pokal title, to let alone even challenge for a Europa League spot. So as a result, they've let people go. Most notably, probably Weston McKenney. He's going to be the first American to ever suit up for Juventus sometime this year. They also lost, of course, Alexander Nubel, who came to Bayern, and he was their starting goalkeeper. They actually had to go back to an old name in Rafe Farman, who, funny enough, spent the last season out on loan at SK Braun, which is a team that is not... Um, excuse me, I don't even know where SK Braun are from. They are from, looks like Norway or Sweden. Uh, let's see. Nor- Norway, Norway. So Rafe Farman is going to be their starting keeper this year, and he spent his entire season last year out in Norway. That was something I didn't even recognize. I thought Rafe Farman was just buried in the Schalke bench, but no, he was out in Norway. A guy that I used to start on my low-budget Bundesliga FIFA teams was over in Norway, so that's really, really, really something. Daniel Caligiuri also left on a free transfer to Augsburg. That's something as well. They lost themselves a bunch of people on loan as well. They lost Bernard Tecpate out on loan to Ludogratz. He's 22 years old. He'll be able to come back, but where they really hurt was players that were returning to their clubs on loan, and it is going to decimate their back line One of the people that is going back on loan is Michael Gregorich. He's a second striker. He's 26 years old. He's Austrian. He's going back to Augsburg. But they lost a starter in Jean-Claude Todibo. He's going back to Barcelona. They lost a starter at left back in Juan Miranda. He's going back to Barcelona. And they lost a starting right back in John Joe Kenny. He's going back to Tom's favorite team, Everton. So the problem here is there are a lot of holes that Schalke needed to fill 
on the back line. And who did they bring in to do that? Why? A couple of academy prospects. Uh, Timo Becker and Malik Tiao, uh, both from the Schalke uh, youth ranks from the second team and from the U19 team. They had a couple people come back on loan. Uh, Pablo Insunia and Hamza Mendil uh, came back from Huesca and Dijon, is- respectively. They also had a 23-year-old by the name of Jonas Carls come back. He's also a left back. He spent his season on loan at Victoria Köln down in the Dreite Liga, but. They brought in Vedad Ibishevich from Hertha Berlin as a center forward, and they brought Goncalo Paciencia in from Eintracht Frankfurt as a striker. So really nobody that was on the back line that they really needed help with. They really need help on that back line. This back line looks utterly decimated. The names on this list are old for the most part, with the exception of their most valuable defender, which is former Bayern Munich target Ozan Kabak, who had himself a decent season last year over at Schalke. But all these other names, Benjamin Stambouli, Matja Nastasic, uh, Salif Sané. Salif Sané is even injured. He's probably not going to make an appearance for this game. Their starting left back is probably going to be Bastiano Chipka. He's 31 years old. So this back line is probably going to be a major weak point for this Schalke team. Tom, as I mentioned, they sold a lot of players. Do you see Schalke reinvesting that into their back line, which, as I just said, could desperately, desperately need some help. Well, I think you said earlier that Schalke was pretty much on fire <laughs> and, you know, not exactly the roof being on fire, more more in terms of a dumpster fire. And pretty much all the personnel you've just you've just gone over, obviously the coronavirus pandemic has not made things easier for anyone in any of Europe's top flights, especially those teams in the middle or the lower end. Uh, of the league tables as far as funds are are concerned you know fortunately a club like Bayern are so fiscally responsible um, and we may have a bigger pocketbook than you know a lot of the clubs in the Bundesliga um, which is completely completely true and there's there's no denying that but all these things you've been mentioning I think Schalke are at a period uh, where they're going through a complete overdrive and I don't really think that they have much choice Um, just going off the personnel too I think I'm not sure if you mentioned uh, Rudy, Sebastian Rudy coming back from loan uh, from Hoffenheim. And then I did not mention had... Sebastian Rudy, and I did that on purpose. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to spoil that. I am absolutely not a Sebastian Rudy fan. No, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean it as in to set something else up. I hated Sebastian Rudy when he was at Bayern Munich, and I haven't really thought about him much after he left. So... Right. Thank you for but reminding yeah. me that he exists. <laughs> as you mentioned, the back line is just taking such a hit with an injury to Sané uh, and as well as uh, Maja Nastasic. I think they're gonna, really going to be in trouble in the beginning stages of the, the Bundesliga campaign. Um, and I think as they've shown you know, in all of their preseason matches where they've done pretty poorly um, and at the end of the Bundesliga season last season, you know, coming back after the restart, I mean, this is a team that could not absolutely could not keep a clean sheet and and jake i know i mentioned to you earlier they did not win a single game in the bundesliga restart it was all draws uh or losses uh, including a four nil 
uh, to Freiburg. I think there was a, a couple of other really poor results, losing to Dusseldorf, obviously the 4-0 um, in the Riviera Derby, which was the first Bundesliga match to be played during the restart. Uh, 1-0 to Werder Bremen, uh, being beaten 3-0 by Augsburg. And it was just 4-1 to Wolfsburg. I mean, they just gave up a ridiculous amount of goals. And I think they've kind of created a model and, and tried to switch to a model of, of a lot of loans, as you mentioned. But I think they had initially envisioned uh, more of a, I don't know what the word would be, not linear, but more of a congruent pattern of these low these low knees where they would go off they would get valuable experience at different clubs and then come back and they'd be able to go right into the starting lineup but it just hasn't worked like that because of everything that's gone on you know uh, schedules have been completely different obviously finances have been massively massively hit everywhere in europe uh, let alone the world uh, and i just think it's you know david wagner and, and the shock board have been put into a very very difficult position um you also mentioned Kutuchu. You know, there's recent reports saying that Schalke are basically ready to loan him out to a club for at least a season, but they have not yet revealed which club that's going to be. Everything I've seen seems to suggest it's going to be Union Berlin, uh, though that cannot be confirmed at this time. You know, it's silly season, so you know how rumors can be during this period of time. Granted, this is a period of time that we've never seen before where it's going through October, so it's a little bit different. There's going to be a handful of matches before the window closes. I, for one, I've never really been a big fan of that, but that's just always how it's been. There have been people who've tried to reform that, push for reform to have the transfer window close before seasons start, but uh, that hasn't happened yet. You know, that conversation has kind of been tabled for later, consecutive years in a row. But yeah, I mean, going back to the old dumpster fired term, I mean, it's just gone from bad to worse for Schalke, you know, even off the pitch you know i was reading clemens tony's their chairman had to step down because this guy is just covered in scandals you know i don't even want to repeat some of what he said back in the summer of 2019 the, the racist remarks he made and then uh, more recently in the summer a company that he has holdings in a meat processing plant i think had some kind of coronavirus outbreak where a lot of people got really really sick um though and he was right at the forefront of it and then he <clears throat> was asked to resign and you know, you ask a lot of people in Gelsenkirk and they, they, they'd they be telling you that this was a ticking time bomb and, you know, his resignation had to have come much before now. Um, so I think there's always been uh, increased tension in that respect. So hopefully David Wagner, or excuse me, David Wagner and uh, the Schalke board now have a bit more of a clean slate where they can try and uh, plan for the future. And, you know, they have to, they have, to have realistic expectations for this season, you know, finishing where they did this past season versus the, the two seasons before is like night and day. So, And I know this is a qu question I'll pose to you because this is something I've been mulling over as, as someone I'm personally a fan of David Wagner, Jake. So I want to know how you feel about, you know, do you think Schalke, when they had a run of very, very poor results, do you think they missed the opportunity to get rid of him or do you think they were right uh, in keeping him on board? Here's my thought on David Wagner. We saw success with him at Huddersfield Town. Recent, decent success at Huddersfield Town in that he was able to take Huddersfield Town and guide them to not being utterly humiliated in the Premier League. And he did a lot of that by promoting homegrown talent and fostering homegrown talent. And what we've seen so far 
with Schalke this year, they haven't really gone out and they haven't really bought players more so than they've promoted players, right? Like I mentioned, Timo Becker, Malik Tiao, you saw a couple of people promoted in the midfield in Can Bazdogan and an American in the form of Nick Taitaga or Taitagwe, I'm not sure. It's T-A-I-T-A-G-U-E. Anyways, he's an American, so eventually we will hopefully all know how to pronounce his name. But my point is this. Schalke, I think, have realized that they aren't going to compete for any titles or Europa League or Champions League spots or DFB Pokals anytime soon. So by doing by making that realization, they've now also come to the conclusion that they need to promote homegrown talent. And they've done that. And I think that David Wagner is the exact man that needs to be steering the head of the ship for this. I think that the problems for Schalke were there long before David Wagner got hired. Keep in mind, Wagner only got hired last year, right? They lost Draxler and Sané and Goretzka long before David Wagner came in and was in charge of the club. This Schalke team relatively looked like the same Schalke team the year before that finished mid-table. I don't blame a lot of this on David Wagner. I could blame a lot of it on the club. I could blame a lot of it on the leadership. But I think if they looked at David Wagner and they fired him, I think they'd really be hurting themselves because David Wagner is a really, really smart manager. He's probably the best bargain German manager that you could find out there. And I mean bargain German manager because if you really wanted a German head coach that would foster youth talent, it would probably be Julian Nagelsmann. And he's already got a great youth system over at RB Leipzig that he's in charge of. He's not going to go to a team that's lesser competition and not as well run in Schalke. So I think for David Wagner, I think it's going to be a tough uphill battle to keep his job. I think he's going to be the scapegoat for a lot of this. And I hate to say it, I imagine that he's probably going to be fired by the end of the season, if not before then. But I think if they do that, I think that it's going to be a massive mistake. Um, I think they absolutely need to keep hold of him. I think he's going to be a good leader for the rest of their youth teams. And they just need... I think I think Schalke's biggest problem is that they can't hold on to talent. Right? You see that in the fact that Amin Harit has rumors that he's going to leave. Right? He's the second most valuable member of this club according to Transfermarkt, he's got a value of 26.4 million US dollars. He's behind Ozan Kabak, surprisingly, who has a value of 31.9 million, and that's even going down. So, I think that, as of right now, Schalke's back line is absolutely deformed. I think their midfield is probably their most stable, and their forward core is uninspired. So really the best way that you can do that, the way that you can really go out and get the fan base riled up and excited for the Schalke team is if you promote from within. And I think that Wagner has the means to do that. I think he's willing to do that. And we've already seen in the fact that he's promoted four academy players, two to center back positions, two to midfield positions, that the Schalke team will probably do better in the future. But as of now, 
I really think they're going to have a big struggle this season to avoid relegation. I could see them going into the relegation playoffs. I could see them going to one spot above in 15th, but it's going to be a tough, tough season for Schalke this year. But Wagner's absolutely the man to lead them. Yeah, I mean, I... I was going to say, I have to agree with you on all those points. You know, I think it would be just as bad if it was still Tedesco. But, you know, I think regardless of who the coach or the manager is, uh, at this point, it would be the same way. You know, I think it says a lot, as you mentioned, Pacencia coming from Frankfurt. I believe it was for like a one million loan deal or a one year loan deal. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong on the fee there of, of one million uh, and then a guy like Vidad Abisevic coming from Hertha Berlin, like this significant wage cut he took, right? Because he feels threatened by the uh, Cordoba arrival uh, at Hertha Berlin. And, and he's a guy who's obviously aging and he didn't want to wind up having to not play in the Bundesliga. You know, he wanted to stay on a Bundesliga side where he could actually get decent minutes and, you know, play out this stage of his career. And I don't know the exact numbers, but he basically is making about a third of as much of the money as he was at Hertha Berlin just to come to uh, to Schalke and, you know, I, I guess be a, a prominent player alongside Roman and, and Bergstahler and Pacencia. So you, and even Mark Uth, I forgot, they still have him on the squad as well. So it'll be interesting to see um, what the rotations are like, who David Wagner's go-to strikers are going to be if they wind up, you know, starting formations where there's multiple strikers on the pitch. Because uh, they might have to do that with their significant lack of uh, defenders. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I just have to say I agree with you there. You know, if it was still Domenica Tedesco, I think it would be the exact same thing, if not worse. Um, but, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. So uh, I really do think that the Schalke board know um, and are going to take this season for what it is. I mean, you have to realize the transitional phase that they're in, and you can't expect expect more i guess even you could look at it from the way especially if you're a shock fan the lower the expectation the better you do and the more you could be surprised so who knows honestly best of luck to them except for this friday absolutely not i don't really need to talk much about this Bayern munich team right do we really have to right nobody's relatively injured and it's a Bayern team that just won the champions league with a lot of raw young attacking talent that just went out and got Leroy Sané. Actually, that might be the only thing that I get to say about this. Ladies and gentlemen, we finally get to see Leroy Sané in a Bayern Munich uniform, and it's going to be the most beautiful damn thing you have ever seen in your life. Because how many articles have we written about this man? We finally get to see him in a Bayern Munich uniform. It is absolutely beautiful. I'm very excited to see that. Well, Jake, he also... If we're looking at Coman with his quarantine, if he can't go... He's a starter. Guess who might be in the starting lineup alongside Gnabry, Moeller, and Lewandowski? I'm looking forward to that. Jake's going to pop a massive bottle of champagne if that happens. I'm. cork is going to go flying through the roof. Nobody can see me right now, but I am absolutely doing the whole Birdman rubbing his hands gif. I'm like, it's about time. (laughs) I am so ready for this. I am so pumped up for this. So, Tom, I guess the only question I have for you is final score prediction. Carnage. I'm going to go 4-0 Bayern Munich. I'm going to go 4-1. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Generous. I think think it's going to be a bloodbath, right? And I think anybody looking at this game is going to 
think that it's a bloodbath. The one thing that I will say I guess I'm looking forward to just from being a broadcast nerd is how ESPN decides to present this, and they could go down a bunch of different routes. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening to this episode. Please be sure to like, rate, share, subscribe, and download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else that you get your quality audio content. Follow us on Twitter at BavarianFBWorks. Follow Tommy on Twitter at TommyAdams71. Follow me on Twitter at JeffersonFenner. And until next time, where hopefully we'll be talking about a Bayern Munich win, we will see you later. Enjoy your first game of the season, ladies and gentlemen, because even though it wasn't as long of a break as we thought, it's going to be a fun, fun season, and hopefully we'll have some fans at some point in the stands in the middle of all of it, but until we get to then, we'll see you later. Auf Wiedersehen. Enjoy the game.